Like we have on our shows, we talk about that stuff all the time. We talk about U.S. imperialism. It doesn't have to come up in this conversation right now. Russia murders their journalists. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bituation Room Podcast live stream. I am your host, Francesca Fiorentini. It's so good to have you here, live, in the future. I stopped asking if we make it, because I know we don't. Uh, but if you are in the future, do you want to just, like, give this podcast five stars? I know you do. You could do it right now. You could do it one one hand while you're brushing your teeth, you know? Shh, 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 shh. Then a little plop of uh, toothpaste lands on your uh, sweatpants. Am I the only one who does who does that all the time? Yeah, I'm a bum. I don't care. I don't even leave my house, but I do because I am here actually streaming to you from Brooklyn, New York, uh, a precursor to the real Bituation Room Live, the in the flesh. We got to be in the flesh or live. You can't just say live anymore because people assume you mean live stream, but no, it's in the flesh. This Thursday at the Bell House. I hope you've gotten your tickets, people. It'll be so fun. And and again, if you can't be there in person, you can just do the live, the not in the flesh, by getting virtual tickets. You guys know we got virtual tickets. Bituationroom.com is where you get those virtual tickets to the Brooklyn Show with Sam Cedar and Matt Lieb and Tiffany Cavan. This is not a song. I'm in a mood. Maybe I have indigestion. Okay? Maybe I'm a little bloated. There. I said it. All right? I don't know. I need to soak the beans longer before I eat them. I just... Quinoa is not my friend. Anyone else allergic to quinoa? Why does it make my stomach convulse? Um, but yes, I'm super happy to be here in Brooklyn. It's really, really fun. You know, I used to live in New York. Uh, I was not doing stand-up back in the day, but I was a, an activist and I was, uh, involved. So, you know, you win some, lose some, you grow, you regress. <laughs> I am involved in my own, in my own way, uh, through this podcast and also supporting the work of organizers, activists, and artists. And we have, my God. Activists and artists on this show today, the host of the Nomiki show, Nomiki Konst is going to be in the house. Um, also the founder of Matriarch, which supports working class women running for office. Super dope. Um, as well as Chloe Hilliard, a comedian and a TV writer and producer. She's going to be here. We're going to be breaking all the things down. I mean, you know, there's only one big sort of, uh, you know, well, he's not big, but, you know, there's only one thing in the room. Obviously, that is the World War Three or lack thereof. So we're going to get into Ukraine stuff. We're also going to talk about the State of the Union. I want uh, to hear what my guests have to say about how it bodes for the rest of this administration. And then we're going to talk about, yeah, dig into that anti-trans bullshit that's going down in Texas. And then finally, we're going to play a little game because we always have to play a game on this show of would you, wouldn't you? Would you, wouldn't you? So stay tuned for that. And of course, this show is not just this show. There is more show show. After the party, it's the after party to quote a man who has since been canceled. But 
It is the Patreon-only bonus bish, you guys. And today, we're going to talk about REI workers in Manhattan organizing downtown, unionizing uh, successfully, successfully voting to form a union. And more interestingly, well, not more interestingly, but the ways that REI, in all of their crunchy progressiveness, tried to thwart that effort. Because I don't know if you've heard this story, but it's pretty funny and I'm excited to talk about it. And you can get access to that by becoming a patron. Patreon.com slash Bituation Room. You get 10, 15 minutes of bonus content every single goddamn week. You know I'm working hard for you on a Sunday, the Lord's Day. Also, my day to enjoy purgatory. I'm just kidding. I love doing this. I love it. It's great. I'm not overworked. Um, no, please support the show by becoming a patron at at any at any tier. It doesn't even matter. Two bucks is fine. You can lower that ticker. Give me two bucks. Also, if you want some merch, guys, bituationroom.com is where you get that. We got two different kinds of shirts. We got stickers. We got tote bags. It is, of course, union made. I spared no expense. You know, I you know, I searched high and low. Uh I search high and low, and I'm working on the bitch caps. I mean, I'm not, but I will be at some point. The point is, they're going to be there. Um, But yeah, hell yeah. What else do I have to say? Any other announcements before we get to this goddamn show? Oh, yeah. Um, If you are watching live, hello. Can you like and share the stream right now and let the people know what you're watching uh, out there on the ether? Don't be one of those people that has, like, weird cat and then, like, hot chicks doing yoga videos in your, like, favorites. Like, that's that's a weird look. I mean, you can have those, but, like, also, you know, mix it up. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a little bit of Frantifa in there to be like, oh, my God, I'm a well-rounded person, and I don't just, like, look at weird videos. Yeah, you know? I don't just watch other people play video games. No disrespect. A little bit of disrespect. Um, But, yeah, also, if you don't want to become a patron, but you also want to give to the show, I understand you can tip the show, TBR-Live on Venmo, TBR-Live on Cash App. Um, anything helps. I appreciate it. Uh, this week is going to be burly, guys. It's essentially going to be a three-episode week. So I hope you appreciate it um, uh, because I appreciate me. Yes, that's how I want to do that. Segway into our first segment. Let's get into this goddamn week, but more our id, our brains, our minds, our our souls. What are you bitching about, Aurita? Okay, so I already mentioned that I have indigestion, and yes, it's annoying, and that is my small little thing I'm bitching about. But something bigger. Um, today, or whenever you're watching this, it doesn't matter. He tweets dumb shit every single day. Elon Musk uh, had this genius fucking take on traffic, guys. Richest man in the world. Defeating traffic is the ultimate boss battle. Even the most powerful humans in the world cannot defeat traffic. Oh my god. Okay, a few things about this tweet. This is not a video game, guys. Traffic is not a video game for you. I guess it is if you've never commuted in your goddamn life because you never worked a day in your goddamn life and you don't know what it is to arrive late somewhere and maybe get fired. So I have no you complaining about traffic. Like, I mean, where did you have to go? What sort of like what supper club were you late for? You know what I mean? Whose yacht? 
I hope it's not being confiscated currently by, you know, because of the sanctions on the Russian oligarchs trying to make that segue. But anyway, this is supposedly not just he's not just the richest man, but many people ascribe to this person super genius like qualities. Well, it's got to be so he invented the. No, he didn't. He didn't really, actually. Uh, more like took advantage of the work of other people. Um, Elon Musk is just the face of it. Of course, he's just the brand. Beating traffic is the ultimate boss battle. The most powerful humans in the world cannot defeat traffic, except a train. Yeah, that that one really. I mean, you could even do a monorail. Fucking a monorail can beat traffic, dude. Uh, Even a bus could beat traffic. A bike can definitely 99% of the time always beat traffic. We know that motorcycles be in fact many things beat traffic you dumb leech on society you corporate handout motherfucker uh can you please get to mars and start stop fucking with the traffic stop trying to be benevolent it's so funny because elon musk also he like called president Zelensky of ukraine and among the things they talked about was space can you imagine just being on the phone with a president like, hey, what's up, man? Oh, dude, I'm so sorry what you're going through right now. Like, that's really crazy. Um, Yeah, yeah, I'll send, like, some money. Not all of it. Just, you know, some tax write-off money. Also, like, if you, if and when, I mean, I, I hope you will get out of it. But, like, if you get out of it, you know, we should totally, like, throw down about Mars. Yeah? Because, like, this would never happen on Mars. Like, Putin can't. He totally can't attack Mars. Yeah. No, I know. Oh, you got to go? Oh, you're being shelled right now? Okay, no, no, it's cool. No, I mean, it's fine. I mean, he hung up. I don't even know if I'm going to give him any money now. It's fucked up. Like, what? What are you doing talking to a fucking embattled president about space? Anyway, uh, this is just part and parcel of late stage capitalism where we invest everything in a billionaire who's got supposedly innovative ideas, but he's reinventing the wheel again and again and again and again. And all we want is free, fast transportation, public transportation. Please. Thank you. Can we? And also, oh, yeah, added benefit. Stop the climate collapse. Elon, please, we should ban his ass. I mean, there's got to be like a cringe, like harassment. It's clause of Twitter. Like if you cringe tweet too many times, you should be kicked off. That's it. You should be kicked off. All right, you guys, let's let's keep the show going by bringing in my guests. Um, First off, uh, she is a comedian. TV producer and author of the award-winning book, Fuck Your Diet. Please welcome to the show, Chloe Hilliard. Hello. How are you? Hey, good to see you. Thanks for doing the show. Absolutely. My pleasure. Chloe, um, what are you bitching about today? Maybe, maybe everything's great in your world. I can't, I don't know. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to keep it lighthearted. I'm bitching about how hard it is to find a movie on any streaming service period all of them oh uh because they they dupe me i don't know if you guys realize that but if you are a person of color they will pick like an arbitrary person of color to make to make the main character so you click on it thinking it's about that person of color and it's just like a janitor who's in like scene two part four 
And you're like, where is this black person that uh, that lured me in? And they just do that to trick us. And I want to sue. I want to sue Hulu. I want to sue Netflix. I want to sue all of these streaming sites <laughs> because they all do it to trick us into watching some shit that doesn't have people. They like put it, it under black stories. And you're like, that's janitor number five. How dare you? Not even, not even. They just put it, they just find like a screenshot of a black person who is just like maybe has like a line or two and then you watch the movie and you're like, where is that? Where is that person at? I want to watch that Chloe, person. do you actually think that streaming services know, have like psychographed us to that level? Yes, okay. absolutely. Absolutely. That's why they started doing it because they realized that people want to see, like, that's the thing is like, they know what we want. So they give it to us, but they don't give it to us where they could really just make the projects that actually cater to the audiences. And they're like, no, that's just too hard. Let's just slow-mo and find a person of color, <laughs> take a screenshot, make them the Abby, and then trick these people into so watching this shit. You know, I, part of, you know, uh, I do care for my ex uh, very much so, but I knew we were moving in different directions when everything on my Netflix queue that was suggested was like, uh, you know, another Roswell documentary, just like aliens. Did they build the pyramids? Like aliens, are they invading your cat? Like, are they like inhabiting her body? Like there was just too much, much alien stuff. And I was like, whoa, we are like, you know, no pun intended, but really on different planets here. Uh, so when you see someone like their suggested stuff, uh, remember when that shit used to be private? It was like only you. I don't know. Now it feels like yeah. everybody. Then again, we could also all just get our own accounts, but. Who has time for that? Why? The world's about to end. I am not about to pay $19.99 a month for Netflix when it's just about to blow up. <laughs> I'm on my mama's account. I'm a grown one. I'm 41 years old and I still use my mama's yeah, account. Bless you. We should. That's how healthcare should be. My new strategy for getting Medicare for all is just raising the age to like mm -mm. 64. Then, then you get on Medicare and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's all with the way things are and the in the financial gap when it comes to race in America. My inheritance is the Netflix account. So I'm claiming it now. <laughs> Stake that claim. Get elbow in there before any other sibling has a chance. Um, well, I'm going to bring in my other guest for the hour. Uh, she is the host of the Nomi Key Show and the founder of Matriarch, again, which supports working class women running for office. Please nominate someone if you know of someone who you want to encourage to run. Please welcome Nomi Key Konst. Hello. Oh my God, I'm dying. I'm dying in here because <laughs> literally my dad is visiting me right now and he's in the other room and he's he got very mad at me because I have my own Netflix account. He's like, why do I have the premium package if you have your own Netflix account? Like I've had it since they had CDs. I, I don't know. It just yeah, totally. Is. Oh my God. But I, yes. I was in Mexico City like a few years ago. My lights just went out. That was really weird. Um, I was in Mexico City a few years ago and I logged in and I didn't log out. And now I have like a lot of really like K-pop shows. It's just yes. like a whole, which have messed with my algorithm. That is so funny. I always, cause yeah, when you're, when you stay at like either an Airbnb or even a hotel and you're like, who is Nomi Kikonst? Okay. You know, you, you're not going to log out and use your own. Uh, no. You're, you're the yeah. one, you're the, uh, you're they patient zero for that Netflix account. Everyone's going to keep on using 15 it. Years. 15 years of my algorithm getting perfect. <laughs> and they had to disrupt my 
mafia series obsession <laughs> in which I am now in season seven of like a spinoff mafia series from India. That's how deep in I've gotten. And they had to mess it up. <laughs> Damn. That is it. We got to talk about that. You've got to go on my partner's podcast, pod yourself a gun with all that mon- uh, mafia obsession. Oh. oh yeah. Um, I can't believe I mentioned that up top. Uh, no, Miki, what are you, <laughs> what are you bitching about right now? Oh man. Um, not as funny. I'm sorry, guys. All good. I'm the bearer of bad news. I have to isolate my conversations. Funny conversations, serious, doesn't mix well. You're very good at this, Francesca, by the way. I, I, I'm i in awe of your ability to manage both serious and humor. Oh, not. Thank you. It's, it's either know me drinking or know me plotting. <laughs> no. I need to plot more, though. I'm envious of your plotting. It doesn't, it's not going anywhere. It's just like, <laughs> I mean, there's also drinking involved. That's where the plot comes <laughs> right, from. Right, right, right. Sure. Um, so I was in Cuba, speaking of revolutions, okay. and I uh, was at the Bay of Pigs when um, Russia decided to invade Ukraine. And I was just looking out at the Bay of Pigs thinking, this is this is how it happens. This yep. is poet. I, I had to pull out a pen and write and um, didn't have the best Wi-Fi. Got a SIM card, finally went online and, uh, you know, Deep in like like reading Che books like Guerrilla Warfare again while I'm there and and this history of the mafia in in, yeah. in uh, Cuba and just seeing how like real revolutionaries did it and the conversations and the diary notes and thinking like this is how they really did it back then you know I read it when I was in college and it's, it's different now and then I go online and it's like the left is like real revolutionaries do X Y Z yeah um you know the propaganda has really been, been killing me. And, um, I don't blame everybody. I think, I think what's getting under my skin and a lot of other folks. And finally it's being written about in a much more aggressive way. Little stories pop up here and there, you know, um, you know, David Crosby getting off of Spotify, Neil Young, et cetera, um, tied to, to, to the, the propaganda coming out of, um, Joe Rogan's mouth about, you know, COVID, but now people are actually writing about the ecosystem, how yeah. it's structured and how, literally like 3% of, of influencers, let's say, propaganda influencers, and there's types, um, can really dictate 65% of the conversation online. Mm. And there's been a lot more research around this, and it's much more than 3%. But, uh, you know, the Soviet propaganda, and I'm not talking about Russia today, I'm saying Soviet propaganda, was extremely sophisticated, as is our propaganda. I'm not discounting mm-hmm. that. But the lack of nuance... Um, when it comes to foreign policy is it's, it's, it's reactionary. I mean, I, I, I know you've worked abroad extensively and um, lived abroad and I have too. And it's, it's frustrating because the internet doesn't really allow a lot of space for, for nuance. And this is an extremely sensitive time. Yeah. Oh no, it's, it's bad so, on nuance. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like you tweet something with nuance, like nobody retweets it. You tweet something like, well, well, Russia's just defending itself, you know, like everyone's like, well, maybe they've got a point, you know, and like, it, you know, if you take a strong, uninformed stance, you will get a lot of retweets. Yeah. Um, and if it's negative, even better. So, But yeah, it's it's interesting because I feel like I think there is a little bit of a coming to Jesus moment about kind of the enemy of my enemy is my friend crap uh, politics that I think a lot of progressives and leftists, so-called leftists have. And, and to me, the honest, the honest, I was saying this last week, the real reality is that like, we don't have an anti-war movement. We don't have, you know, uh, 
we we got a, a an amalgamation of podcasters and hosts and people online and influencers. Are we really organized? Not really. And 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 we don't have labor either. I mean, yeah. there's a militancy also in that you learn how to be a better activist when you have a militant movement. And I say militant not with weapons, but but with um, organized labor teaches you how to organize and create mm-hmm. solidarity and trust people and message and know who to trust and not trust. And 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 that was actually the most interesting part of being Cuba reading these diaries is like they were talking about the same stuff we're talking about as they were, you know, building their movement that was getting slaughtered, especially in the first like few months. Um, yeah. Majority wise. I mean, they were yes. not in a strong place at all. Uh, and had to build that militancy. Otherwise, they weren't going to survive. And and I think, you know, that's the come to Jesus moment we're having right now, too. It's- yeah. yeah. We And I think social media plays a really big part in that is because we don't see things in practicality. We don't see things in our everyday lives. And so it's so easy to look at a video or hear an audio clip and say, oh, that was doctor. That was, you know, edited. We don't know what happened right before. And something as basic as people saying Black Lives Matter was co-opted being like, well, what about, the, you know, so it's a what aboutism of everything, yeah. because I feel like not just Americans, but people all over the world are very individualistic. Mm-hmm. And it's always about me and my survival until you feel as though that's being threatened. Then you look for an ally. And by that point, it's too late. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, it's a form, form of privilege, too. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people saying, well, what about Libya? And what about Iraq? Or what about Afghanistan? It's like all of those are very different things. Mm-hmm. And if you're so privileged that you don't understand the difference between those wars and what got us into those wars or didn't get us into those wars yeah what caused these scenarios then that is a point of privilege that you're using too because you're so disconnected from the actual movements on the ground there and it's i understand what it's coming from and it's it's almost predatory by the propagandists that they're preying on on folks who who want to do more or are insecure or don't want to speak out because they're afraid like, oh, they don't they're not informed on everything. Like all you need to do is look at what's fucking happening. It's pretty clear. Like it's easy to be in solidarity, I think, with the Ukrainian people. But yeah, there's a flat a grand flattening that happens um in terms of a moral and a yes, and it like wars to wars. We're like, no, nah, it's all the same thing. It's all US imperialism. You're like, how is this US imper no, it's imperial it's imperialism. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk about Ukraine. Fun sorry. times. I had to do it. I'm sorry, guys. I ruined it. No, 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 no. You you did not. Um, but first, let me just go over some things that happened this week. Real quick rundown. This was the week where Texas had its primaries and progressive Greg Kassar, who is a former organizer with construction workers, defeated an establishment incumbent, which is huge. And also... Jessica Cisneros came within striking distance of incumbent Henry Cuellar in Texas's 28th district. The two are going to a runoff May 24th. So donate to her campaign, okay? Because the other side has like Azerbaijani billionaire money and the entire Democratic establishment. Like I have no doubt. For now. They're probably going to seize that shit too. Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're going to see, see that. And that's the see. thing that people do need to pay attention to. The midterms are going to be really, it's going to be a, a charity case because once all this oligarch money dries up, then you're going to see who's really <laughs> been there. Oh, Chloe call. That's so true. I mean, especially on the. Well, I'm going to write my screenplay on that. Yeah. There you go. All the sort of like weird shadow candidates that, that Russia is funding. Um, anyway, don't get me started. Uh, and Harvey Weinstein was caught. In jail with contraband milk duds, which means he must have bagged himself a milk stud. Hey, there's definitely a prison guard who's been promised little bit parts in Hollywood films as soon as Weinstein gets out. (laughs) 
just 23 short years. Um, and he's going to be a star with the milk does. I'm sorry. I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, no one is using Truth Social, Trump's new social media platform, because apparently all of the bot accounts are like really tied up at the moment, explaining how Putin is a liberator, you know, so they're going to get around to it. Uh, and another former Trump administration coward comes out with a book. This time it is A.G. Bill Barr, whose new book, I assume, is called something like, that's not how you do fascism, damn it. You know, that's all it is. They just have small qualms, but they agree with the ideology for everything else. This is the week where. This was the week where clearly Putin uh, continued his assault on Ukraine, including shelling a nuclear plant, proving he is so nuts he might do anything like release the P tape. Okay. We know you have that shit. Release it. I don't really want to see Trump in that situation, but I kind of do. But no, more seriously, 1.5 million Ukrainians have now fled the country. And Ukrainian President Zelensky has survived three assassination attempts in the past 10 days. Take that, Castro. And he's calling on the U.S. to establish a no-fly zone over Ukraine, which no American lawmaker except for Representative Adam Kissinger actually seems to want. Um, obviously, that would and could spark a global war. Uh, Zelensky's also called for an embargo on Russian oil, which I think we should all want. And the U.S. is now greenlighting the sale of fighter jets to Ukraine, but like vis-a-vis Poland. It's sort of a whole triangulation here. Back in Russia, Putin cracking down on free speech and has banned Facebook, Twitter, and has arrested 3,000 Russians for protesting what he still refuses to call a war. In fact, calling it a war can get you thrown in jail, as can mentioning that Putin's real height is five foot six. Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett attempted to speak with Putin, and now Erdogan is also trying to speak with Putin, which I think is super cute. It's like two alcoholics trying to stage an intervention for their third friend who, like, went a little too far, (laughs) you know? And they're like, girl. Don't ruin it for us. Yeah, exactly. You're making us look bad. Um, Meanwhile, on the economic front, Russia, uh, excuse me, Visa and MasterCard have stopped operating in Russia, which is crazy. France did seize the yacht of a Russian oligarch who owns the oil company Rosneft. And I just love that headline. Like any like like yacht seized is the best oil tycoon yacht seized is like that. My heart flutters in with joy. I just want more of that. Uh, all the time. So sanctions on all billionaires. Is that where we can go next? Um, And that's that is what has been going on to give you a sense of how fucking terrible it is right now. Um, And and, and not from a certain perspective. Right. These are journalists who are on the ground. They were with Sky News and they were reporting outside of Kiev and they left for the day. They're just trying to get footage. And they were sort of they didn't weren't able to get beyond a certain checkpoints, a few checkpoints. So they they turn around at the end of the day and they go back. Well, as they go back, they realize actually the front lines straight up changed on them. So like they weren't coming back to safe territory. Um, uh, but but, but ooh, I think we might have. I think I deleted this. I think Paige, we deleted this. Sorry. Just imagine. It, Just guys. imagine. Bing, boom, 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 bing. It's uploading. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Bee, dee, dee, dee. Everything's great. Perfect song. It's a great song for war. But you know, 
while we wait for you know what i used to be a journalist and there there was a time when you could say in any situation i'm a journalist and people would say oh, okay it's okay this person is excluded from whatever the fuck is happening right now and it doesn't happen anymore and i never really thought that it was a big privilege until you start seeing it being now you are specifically a target. Yeah. And that I think is something that we, you know, when people try to attack information, which we all know that's been happening, it's like when everybody should say, this is a big problem. And even if it, even if you don't read the paper, even if you don't go on New York times or the post or whatever, like people not spreading the correct information is what puts us all in dire straits. Yeah. I mean, remember also, I'm just reminded of, in LA during the Black Lives Matter demonstrations, the like um, LA Times journalist being thrown to the ground as she's saying, I'm a journalist, I'm a journalist. And how many across the country were in the same situation? But anyway, while we wait for this to load, <laughs> just sort of thoughts, like broad thoughts on what's been going on in the last week. I mean, if I known World War Three was going to happen in my lifetime, I really would have learned how to pickle some shit. <laughs> I would have had my bunker ready. I would have like I would have moved to like someplace where I could have a bunker. I moved from New York to Los Angeles, both coastal <laughs> cities, both top on the list of places to fry up like some chicken. So I'm I'm just gonna, I guess hey, you won't feel it. Wait for the I wait for the mushroom in the in the sky to take me to yonder. Oh my god! No, in fact, I was saying this that actually, like, depending on how old you are, like Americans over the age of forty five, essentially, or or like older boomers are like, oh yeah, we could be nuked. This could happen. Uh, whereas, like, I, that doesn't even enter into my consciousness until like late in like three in the morning. I'm like, oh dude, are we gonna get nuked? Could that ever happen? Putin's fucking crazy right now. Um, no me. It's also like. I think pre pre people who were alive during 9-11, I think also have a little bit more of a sensitivity to that, but we've been numbed a bit by being, you know, I think we're all millennials here. All of us have gone through just a lot of shit and we're just tougher. I just think that we're, it's not that we don't think it can happen. I just think there's sort of this, like I said, like, yeah, you won't feel it. Like I, that's where I am. I'm just thinking, okay, if it happens, I'm out. Like, what what am I supposed to do? Right. You know, there was an individualism in the 1950s in the Cold War, and that everyone thought they were the most such white Americas, like everyone's the most important person on the planet, and we, you know we all are going to spend our money on these bunkers and get under because because we're so important. When so many people on in this country, whether they're de de descendants of war or slaver enslaved pe former enslaved people, they're connected to like pain and suffering that I think makes them more, I don't know, just, just process it in a different way. Yeah. And, and I don't know what that means for people under 45 because, um, or maybe even younger, like maybe under 30 who didn't go through nine 11. I don't know. I don't think it's actually a bad thing. I think it just means that we're, we're connected to reality in a way that like a lot of white America, um, media has has desensitized us from like what most people on this planet feel yeah it's true yeah i mean and it's a little bit of a critique of a lot of the anti-war movement which is predominantly white which is kind of like yeah. all right so you get involved in something when it's like this macro issue but like what's happening to your next door neighbor the unhoused people who live on your block like you're not really involved in what's going on with them and so and that's a that's an honest critique that being said i'm like i do think that anti-war and peace work is important and we all know 
you send poor people to go fight your fucking wars. So, um, in, and all the military shit comes back to then police the streets and black and brown people, of course. Um, but let's, let's just watch this here. Here is sky news team, um, being fired upon by an elite Russian force, um, that they thought was a Ukrainian checkpoint initially, but then they realized, Oh my God, this is like, they're like green berets. Death squads who are attacking civilians in their cars as they flee. They do exist, as we found out. It wasn't. Something blew up under us. Somehow we have to get out of this, but the rounds keep coming. It's a professional ambush. The bullets just don't miss. hit but escape the car and with producer Dominic van Heerden we make our way down the embankment we know any rescue will take hours we're stuck fighting outside we've no idea what's going on we've got ourselves into a garage somehow we found our way in there's three guys working here and they've said we can stay but there's a lot of firing going on outside um, we don't know why it appears to be after a mammoth logistical effort, we were rescued by the local police. We were lucky. Thousands of Ukrainians are not. All right. So there you have it. Um, that was that Sky News team. They finally found this like hangar warehouse and some guys who were working in it in this or garage let them shelter there until they were finally able to be evacuated but it yeah it's it's heartbreaking and terrifying and then you know that they're journalists with helmets and flak jackets and um you know then you have families trying to flee a couple of attempted evacuations um were stopped essentially because russia did not agree to stop firing so it's pretty fucking awful right now um and you know, there's part of me, like, I'm glad we're seeing this because it just shows you sort of the lack of, um, yeah, just the indiscriminateness of this. This is not a military unit. They're firing on fucking cars, civilian cars, yeah. journalists. Um, there is, I mean, like, yes, the United States has done similar war crimes, but it seems like it's par for the course when it comes to Russia, right? Like, that's their baseline. I, I think I think we have to stop even saying we, we we just have to stop even submitting to that narrative, right? 
Like we have on our shows, we talk about that stuff all the time. We talk about U.S. imperialism. It doesn't have to come up in this conversation right now. Russia murders their journalists. Yeah. We are a lot of things in our country. But I remember having this debate on TYT when I was working there five years ago when like the Russiagate conversation started popping up and Jane Hugard and myself were debating Michael Tracy and Jordan Sheridan. We said, ultimately, (laughs) Russia... And they, they imprison and, and they murder their journalists. They do not abide as a world power. Let's keep this in mind. As a world power, not a random country, not, you know, every country. Not by some country that we want to extract information. No, this is a world power mm-hmm. not following the rules of war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they first – I'm sorry. They know. It's not that they're taking on Ukraine because – you know, they're because of U.S. imperialism. Yes, it is about U.S. imperialism, but it's about a committing an act of war that'll escalate into a world war. Yeah. They have a much bigger goal. This is this is not over oil. It is overall, but it's not specifically over oil, like one project. It's not over extracting resources or comp- competing with China for some landmass mm-hmm. uh, to transport goods. This is about something much, much bigger, mm-hmm. and that's why I think or like, smaller. If we're talking things. about dick size yeah yes exactly because that's all this is no i think that's a really important point i mean and and this is russia that's in in the security council you know in the general assembly like and have they shown themselves worthy of that i mean it's a little bit you know here's my thing with russia gate and i'm sorry uh chloe step in wherever but my my thing with Russiagate was I was on neither the side of, oh, you guys are obsessed with Russia or the side of Robert Mueller's going to save us. Yes, the former FBI director is, you know, I'm like, nah, neither of those are right. However, Russia totally should face consequences for the very real election meddling that they fucking did. So who's on that yeah. side? Who's going to actually step to them? You know, who's going to actually draw some lines? It didn't happen, you know, so like it's funny yeah. because as if I was going to put my faith in Mueller to like, yo, save us. No, we realize we're alone. We realize it's social movements and it's people and it's grassroots movements. And again, I I wish we had more ties and I hope we do develop some ties to Ukrainians on the ground and grassroots folks, you know, um, there's only. But yeah. I think I think the thing is, oh, sorry. No, I think the thing that the reason why I was on either side is because I knew I just like spidey senses early on. Everybody's compromised on both sides. Everybody's compromised. And so the reason why you're not going to have somebody be either for or against it or speak out from a political standpoint is because and every time you go to Russia, it's kind of like and I know people will get mad. It's kind of like if you go into like a Scientology building, if you take that test, they got shit on you for the rest of your life. <laughs> It's like <laughs> I've done that. Have like, you done that, Chloe? <laughs> I, but I did it as a journalist, so I knew I knew what to, to what to say. I knew what to say, oh, but wow. most people don't. Right? Oh shit! So like once you're once you're compromised, you know you could see you could see like once you especially under Trump, once you saw people like blatantly lying and gaslighting us, it's like oh, there's definitely a P tape. There's definitely some pictures like like there's definitely pictures of you with young girl. Like everybody oh, is connected because they have been like coerced or blackmailed and paid off and so i look at some of them especially like you know rubio i'm like i feel like he's afraid of his for his life because if he says anything it's a wrap and i think a lot of people are compromised in that way and i don't feel sorry for them but you know this is like the bad guy villain movie like this is truly what russia has been doing for the past 30 years and so 
now now that they're in they back themselves in a corner you can see nations coming together being like this is our chance to you know because you you can't argue how fucked up this is now we can always stand up and be like yes we were on the right side of history because everybody banded together but if this was russia going into syria or yeah. somewhere else people would have been like oh they, they'll they'll figure it out mm -hmm. yeah no, and, and we should talk about like the a certain level of restraint that the Biden administration has shown. And I will say, you know, let's let's think about I mean, I mean, let's think about the last couple Republicans we've had in office. Yeah. If this it were important. Trump or if it were Bush, if it were Bush, it's World War Three. Let's fucking go. That's if right. it's Trump, Ukrainians can eat shit and die and live like who cares what happens to them? No sanctions. Nothing's going to happen. So like, oh, my God, are am I glad that we have a fucking Democrat for all the critiques? I'm so glad that we have a Democrat in office right now. Uh, and this is the nuance. I think it's important. Um, my my best friend uh, works in foreign policy in in Switzerland, and she's worked in Ukraine twice extensively, and um, working specifically with telecommunications and helping Ukrainian people set up their like own radio systems and other things. Um, and we were talking about this the other day because I worked in Libya. I get attacked a lot online, as I'm, I think some of you've seen, uh, which is which is. Russian propaganda, by the way, because it's their talking points. They they attack me for having worked in Libya well after the fall of Gaddafi, very important, uh, and saying I was part of NATO, which is, you know, whatever. It's like bullshit attacks, you know, sure. small hands, whatever Trump does too. Um, but what it does, though, is it has prevented me from talking about the nuance of Libya, which is there was a foreign policy that Obama had, and his foreign policy was flawed in a lot of ways. He, he, I think he personally effed up in Syria, partly because he wanted to be hands-off. I think he, and still to this day, Yemen is a complete eff up. Mm -hmm. I think he was completely drowning in the Iraq war and Afghanistan war. And as a result, he was unwilling, and he ran as an anti-war candidate, unwilling to put boots on the ground. And that's why the drone, also disgusting and bad. Mm -hmm. But like, this is their kind of reactionary approach to the Republicans being so aggressive. And with Libya, the mistake that they made was that they never, um, they shouldn't have put boots on the ground. That's very, very important. And NATO did air, uh, air they bombed weapons facilities. But as a result, they were just like, see ya, Libyans, have yep. a nice day, go figure it out. Yep. Uh, borders are open, ISIS comes in, oil fields. Oh, oil? ISIS is like, that's how we're going to fund our war now. We've seized those. And then like all these weapons, like brothers and cousins are fighting with each other. And um, and so that was, there was no post, there was, there was no thoughtful, uh, uh, you know, how do, how do we help the Libyan people? And, and, and it took a few years. And finally, and some of that had to do with NATO being chaotic in, inside as well. But I say this because there is a difference between the foreign policies of the Republicans and the Democrats. And the Democrats are flawed still. But there's definitely a difference, yeah. at least the modern day, you know, post-Clintonian Democratic Party. I want to move on to a different aspect of this. Well, we've got to talk about, you know, one interesting piece of this is Brittany Griner, who is an, a WNBA player um, who is a Olympic gold medalist. And she plays usually for, I believe, the Phoenix Mercury, but often WNBA players will play in Russia as well. And she recently, or at least we recently found out that Brittany Griner has been detained by the Russian government for supposedly carrying a, a vape pen with hashish oil, right? This is sort of the pretext for that. And this is someone who comes in and out of Russia all the time. So 
Russia Customs Service released a video of a traveler at the airport who appeared to be Grinder going through security. The video showed an individual removing a package from the traveler's bag. The screening of the airport occurred in February, according to Customs Service, raising the possibility that Grinder has been in custody for at least several days. Yeah, at least. For a broader understanding, yes, is this all related to the fact that women can't get paid equally for their uh, sportsmanship? Yeah, yes. Many WNBA players compete in Russia where sal- salaries are more lucrative during the American League's offseason. So Grinders played for the Russian team UMMC uh, Ekaterinburg for several years. She is set to earn uh, $227,900 with a Mercury in, in the year 2020. 22 um just shy of the wnba's maximum salary which is funny that they have a maximum i didn't i didn't even know athletes had maximums um $228,000.94 uh or $94 some players have made substantially more money with russian teams like griner's mercury teammate diana T- Taurasi reports reportedly earned 1.5 million dollars with umcc in 2015 so again lots more money in russia that's why a couple of things about this story that um, Adrian Lawrence, who works at TYT uh, and is a lawyer, has a great thread on what the fuck is going on because we don't know what's up with Brittany. We don't know if she's okay. So Adrian tweets, several things about Brittany Griner's attainment give me pause. Griner plays for a Russian team in the offseason and has gone has gone as for the past several years. Reportedly, some three weeks ago, Russia detained her after allegedly finding hash vape pens in her luggage air. At the airport, it was well known she'd be entering the country to play for the Russian team as that's her job. That means Russia expected Griner and it happened and happened to arrest her about a week before starting the war it had been planning. Weird. As for drugs, I won't take a police report from Team Putin at face value, especially a report about, quote, finding drugs on a black person. This wasn't Griner's first rodeo in Russia. She's a regular there and she knows the rules very well. She may have made a mistake, but I don't know. Also, Griner's people and thus the U.S. must have known about her arrest since day one and have been quietly trying to get her out. We only know about it now because Russian state-run media released the story. Translation, we're only hearing about it now because Putin wanted us to. I can't help but fear that Putin crafted this chaos with Griner, an American gold medalist, and is now stoking it to play with our emotions and to put the Biden administration in a difficult position that divides our nations further. I pray for Brittany. She shouldn't be a pawn. I mean, just amen on all of that. That's it is super sus. It, it's frightening and that we don't really know what's going on. Also, it shows Putin really doesn't know what America cares about because it's definitely not a black queer WNBA player. And I hate to say it like that, but she is not going to be on any like missing posters. It, there, you, it came out and people are like, what? Huh? Like people are still finding out about right. it right now. America is not going to leverage a war off of saving a black queer mm. woman who also plays for the WNBA, which is marginalized on top of marginalized on top of marginalized. Right. And mm. this is not a Jesse Jackson situation. Trump doesn't care about black people enough to make it seem like this is not ASAP Rocky being held <laughs> over there for smoking weed. This is like, this is the wrong person to try and make a wow. poster child of this war. And that's what's really fucked up because she can go missing and it won't be a yeah. thing. And clearly we didn't even know about it for three weeks. It's also fucked up to take her hostage because she's six, nine. Yeah. She's going fuck you. Like mm, mm, if anything happens, like you better have some better big be guards in there. <laughs> I know. I want this movie. I need this. Marvel, listen up. <laughs> um, yeah. It wasn't Matt Taibbi. Like in, wasn't he like God. in the, basketball didn't he go to russia to play basketball 
at one that's point. I think funny. that's why he went to Russia originally. I'm curious if uh, he's commented about this. Oh, I'm sure he, he has. has. I'm sure he started a whole yeah, GoFundMe sure, sure for free Britney Griner. He's yeah, in solidarity. He, he loves to be in solidarity. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, last thing on this. If, obviously, these two amazing guests of mine have, uh, I mean, that's why I have them on. Great takes, great thoughts. Um, and it's amazing how we have elevated some of the dumbest people when it comes to this war um and they're just talking at us every single night on the news and we've even elected them president here was sean hannity this week uh with one of the worst ideas uh when it came to how to stop russia from attacking ukraine take a listen you know if we can see on satellite imagery where the convoy is i don't know maybe some smart country Maybe NATO might take some of their fighter jets uh, or maybe they can use some drone strikes and take out the whole damn convoy. And then nobody takes credit for it. So then Putin won't know who to hit. Brilliant. <laughs> you just be like, oh, no, he did it. Mm-mm. Not it. <laughs> like, if you don't take credit for it, they'll never know. I don't think people understand like, how serious like nuclear war is like like that's why there's so much restraint with the Biden that's administration, right. even on like all the talking shows today. People are like, why can't we just and they're like, he has nuclear weapons and that's he right. doesn't give yep. a fuck. Like, that's what people don't understand, which also is so fucked up because we talk about like Hiroshima, you know, Pearl Harbor. We talk about like what bombs do and people like that was so long ago. The bombs can't be better now. Yes, they're yeah. way better now. God. What do you think our budgets go way to? Better. It's literally just to compete. Like it's like bombs and fighter yep. jets, and and now like NASA, uh, whatever, like shooting people, privatizing space force. I don't understand the space force, so I'm just gonna. It, I think it has to do with like signals and like like blocking signals, which I think has to do with the bombs. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. It's a little complicated for me. But no, you're right. I mean, my again, going back to my friend, who's my my greatest source right now, having worked in Ukraine, she's like the 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 facilities that have been seized by the Russians that do have have nuclear capabilities are so un un um you know, like they're not they're not being protected that she's like literally wind could affect. Mm. It's not just humans it's that wind they have so many security provisions and take remember that movie a few years ago that came out that like went into some of these facilities and it was like there were no lock the nuclear weapons. well there like i thought frontline like, did a whole thing about how our nukes are just like just just aging and staying they're like little they're like lots of they're, they're rusty. super rusty and we're like here's okay here's my thing and i'm sorry yes I, I apologize for looking forward and not be, but I, but I can only look forward when I am confronted by the fact that, yeah, there's no way in hell you're going to go to war. You're going to create a no fly zone and potentially trigger a nuclear like Holocaust, right? Like you're not going to do that. So why do we have fucking nukes? I'm so tired. I'm, I hate this argument. The idea that it's defensive is bullshit. I, I like, and, and why do we have so much military buildup? We could talk about the efficacy of NATO or not right now. If anyone questioned NATO on mainstream TV, they would be, you know, thrown out the window. You can't do that. But why, why do we have it? Are we, so you're saying the minute, and here's my real question. The minute 
Putin's like, oh, let's go to Moldova, dude, or let's go to fucking Poland, that we're going to war straight up, straight up. If Latvia is is invaded right now, we're doing this. I don't consent to that. I think that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, and so again, why do we have all this stuff? Why do we have all these fucking nukes? Meanwhile, we could have been doing these kinds of sanctions, this kind of diplomatic work behind the scenes. We could have been doing this shit for so long ago, right? From when 2014 with Crimea, Obama did a little bit, not enough. What about 2016 yeah. when they were they were when he knew that they were like meddling in our election? State Department in 2016. <laughs> well, exactly. But 2015. Well, I mean, it's it's because they've co-opted every single person and every single party and every single go- government around the world with their money. Like that's truly what it is. They bribed their way from being to in order to be exempt, and now they're just in a situation that they can't talk themselves out of. That's why people are going trying to talk to him like, "Hey, scale it back. We don't give a fuck what you do, but yeah, yeah. too much." And he's like. <laughs> No, like, uh, uh-uh. I do want to show because there was a dumber tweet. This was almost like a it was a little bit like when you're in, you know, you're kind of like spitballing, throwing things up against a wall, like a uh, blue skying how to stop the war. And here was Trump's idea, almost like hearing Sean Hannity's. I was like, oh, I've got something stupider. So this is apparently two donors. This, this is uh, Josh Dossie, who is a reporter, I believe, for the Post says <laughs> what? What? Did you I read this? Reading, I just read it. I read Trump it. mused to donors that we should take our F-22 planes and, quote, put the Chinese flag on them and bomb the shit out of Russia. And then we say, China did it. We didn't do it. China did it. And then they start fighting with each other and we sit back and watch. This isn't like USAID, like, sending in, uh, you know, food to I mean, what do you think? This is the Vietnam War that we're going to win people that way? Come on. Put a label Again, these are people who don't have do. object permanence. Like, oh, I'm hiding. You can't see me. I didn't do it. Yeah. He doesn't I... know how radars work. You don't think somebody's going to like that plane just came from America. Yeah. That's f- your base, bro. back to America. Oh, my God. It, amazing. Unreal. Just this, you know what this really shows me? All of this shows me how stupid men are. Men are fucking Thank idiots. Thank you. And, Everything. And, Thank and, you. And just because Eve Eve gave that fucking apple to Adam, we've been paying for that shit ever since. That <laughs> everything that we do as women is because of that fucking first sin, and we have to live down to it. Men have been able to walk around holding a fucking tiny ass balls, throwing people into prison, torturing us for whatever reason, and then they still want to make it seem like we idiots and we're savages and we're dumb. It's like take they four hundred years men time out. Yes, go sit down yeah. somewhere Thank and let you. us take take yes. control of the thing. Yes. I'll add one more thing to this. I think that for every woman that's listening that has a, a a boy, be tough on them because I really believe that men who do not have strong mothers associate rules with their mothers, and if they if they weren't tough and they're not used to it, they're not used to being called out. So whether it's Elon Musk who mm. probably just like ravaged his house uh, and did whatever he wanted, his want, mom gave him like an emerald mine when he was you know five. Exactly, it's yours, exactly. honey. That, that boys will be boys. That We have to kill that boys will be boys that's mentality right. and young girls are princesses. I will yes. die on this hill. Stop calling young girls princesses because that's saying that she needs a man to come in and save her or wake her up from the dead or whatever goofy curse a bitch has to have <laughs> in order to be a fucking princess. And men, that boys will be boys shit is not it anymore. We have to stop with these gender roles that lead us yes. to this. Like gender roles led us to this. I, you know what? Mm. Thank you so much, Nomi and Chloe. And I knew you guys were the ones who I could talk to about this. 
Uh, because, yeah, I just keep coming back to fuck nukes and fuck men in power. That's it. I don't actually fuck them. Uh, in fact, never fuck them. But uh, I hate I hate it. Women need to be in charge. Don't Margaret Thatcher me. Don't don't bullshit me. Right. You got one. Right. I keep saying this. That was one. You had some Madeleine Albright in there. You, you, you want you want to elevate Hillary Clinton to this level? Go fucking Fuck a bush. I don't know. And they had to operate in the patriarchy. So imagine if it was just all women, like like look at us, look at our conversation versus if we were on with Chuck Todd and like seven other like idiots like Thomas Friedman, of course you're going to be, you know, dealing with how they pace. The, the narrative is theirs. Yeah. The rules are theirs and they had to function however it was they were conditioned that way. So yeah. Anywho, um, so we've we've done a lot on Ukraine. <laughs> I'm we've We've like come full circle on this, but we do have to go – to a couple other stories we may have we may run a little long i do want to talk about the state of the union so this was the week where joe biden gave his state of the union address discussing a number of issues like russia's war in ukraine and his hopes for a domestic agenda he was about to give an update on how that epiphany that republicans were going to have once he was president um but he was sadly interrupted by marjorie taylor green and lauren bobert who squawked at him about being a murderer so i'm pretty sure we know how the epiphany is going um Small good things about that speech. Uh, he's going to extend some VA benefits to vets with cancer caused by their time served and the, the weaponry that was used where they served. Um, he's going to go after those who abuse COVID PPP loans. I think that's good. He's going to finally find out whether the Lincoln bedroom is just for anal or is like that's <laughs> is that like the secret? Sorry, had to do something weird. Um, but overall takeaway, <laughs> you, you got to know. He talked about the war without actually making it all it universal about being about refugees, about war in general. It was just we're going to defend Europe. It was very a, a lot of a lot of that. Um, and he also talked a lot about his domestic agenda, but he did not mention a single time build back better, which, as we all know, was his fucking slogan for his presidency, his campaign. And it was it's the title of his signature piece of legislation and it's being held up by other Democrats. Um, so I was really struck by that. And I don't know if, Nomi, you were able to watch um, at all. But I guess I'm wondering, like, what do we think about the fact that, like, this is kind of a rehashed speech? He's talking about all the things, whether it's universal pre-K, whether it's like climate provisions, um, whether it's paid family uh, leave and home home care. Uh, money for home care workers, all these things, but he's not actually selling it. Um, what does this mean? Is this gonna ever happen? Well, that's exactly it. It's like he's he's really good at selling things, um, but not delivering them. And there's always somebody like, oh, you know, by our and, and the salesman's like, you're trying to negotiate a deal and you get the number down. And the salesman's like, I don't know if I can do it. Let me let me go ask my manager. And the manager's like, I can't do it. And he comes back. Yeah. I'm so sorry. My manager says it. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema are the manager. And Joe Biden's like, I'm the good guy. I'm pushing for this. The problem is, is that I think actually this sort of lack of following through on a, on a significant domestic agenda when we already had the worst income inequality in this country before COVID and and knowing how bad it is and how hundred percent of working women were affected uh, the most during this pandemic uh, and his inability to do anything on it or just, I mean, not even throw out a little bit of candy here and there, um, that feeds Russia. 
Mm. Like if we want to bring it back to the language that they speak, they speak that. This propaganda that Russia is using to divide the left and and to create, um, you know, whatever sort of chaos he's trying to do, uh, Putin, he feeds on the fact that there is instability in this country due to the income inequality, due yeah. to the fact that we do not support our people. And so I'm not all about bashing Democrats in these types of moments because, you know, we really do have to get what we – the primary season's over. Um, with that being said, if there's nothing that's done, we are basically delivering um, – a larger opportunity for other, uh, you know, tyrants around the world to take hold of our democracy, which is really on the cusp right now. Or, yeah, or our own um, tyrants, right? I mean, this is, exactly. as I call it, kind of like sleepwalking into fascism. Like, if you don't, mm-hmm. you know, look, what we think of Stuart, Stuart is divisive. We had Andy Kindler on last week and he was like, I hate John Stuart. But John Stuart did say something really great, which was the ineffectiveness of Congress is how you get demagogued. It's how, like, yeah. Trump comes in and is like, well, I'm going to fix it. Just, I mean, I'm just going to say I'm going to fix it. And that means I fixed it, you know, and you yeah. and you just get you get a strong man and people are like, hey, maybe we do need a strong man. Yeah. And that's exactly what's going to happen, especially when you think about all of the young Americans who voted because they said we will forgive student debt. And they're like, that didn't happen. And so when the next person comes and says, I can make it happen, that's who people are going right. to vote for. And 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 then, you know, when you have somebody who's a president and says, well, now you just act like you never said it. Now we are so distrustful of you. Anything that you say at this point, we're kind of taking it with a grain of salt because you weren't able to deliver on some of the basic things that you were sitting on a breakfast club appealing to black people yeah. about. And it's like now you want us to vote for you, but you can't even like wipe away my student loans debt. Yeah. Nothing on that. And and I think, you know, one of those in terms of throwing the young vote and also voters of color under the bus. This was, I think, perhaps the most egregious moment. And I apologize. We yes, we but but we got to cover it, you know, which is where he talked about defunding the police as if that were even a mainstream idea, as if that we we're all talking about it. Basically, he's fighting on Republican terms. Here he is. He sort of lists a bunch of what he calls solutions to policing, and we can get into whether they actually are or not. Um, And then he says the magic fund the police moment. Proven strategies like community violence interruption, trusted messengers breaking the cycle of violence and trauma, and giving young people some hope. We should all agree the answer is not to defund the police. It's to fund the police. Fund them. Fund them. Fund them with resources and training. Resources and training they need to protect our communities. Resources. More training. More training. We just uh, train it all away. Hey, has he heard about the number of, like, uh, officers involved in their like in spearheading their own racial sensitivity groups within, like I believe it was the NYPD who then turned out to be sending racist ass text messages to all of their friends, like the internal uh, message chains. Like there's so many cases like that. How much more money do you need? Can we take one thing away? How about the guns? You can have all the training, but no guns. How about that? But see that message right there is for the, it's a dog whistle for that 
voter who's in the middle who could vote either way and so this is the thing that they feel like people need to hear in order for them to vote for them and the problem is is that and i'm from new york the nypd's police budget is bigger than ukraine's military budget (laughs) jesus that's right right Right? and so you know we have police in schools we have police every single place there's one in my room right now like everywhere. <laughs> yeah even during the pandemic governor Cuomo at the time hired like 500 more police to like be in the train system and that money could have actually gone to housing the unhoused during a pandemic and so when we talk about defunding the police people here we don't want right. police and also let's just nip this in the bud african-americans are traditionally very conservative and if you ask most african-americans especially boomers they do not want to right. defund the police they want a police presence because they deal with environments that have high crime and so to make it seem as though we want this lawless land where anybody could just come in here like a cowboy and shoot them up bang bang is a myth and that is a part of the propaganda that has been pushed so successfully and so when we even say defund the police it's not about getting rid of all police for some it is and that is a minority but it's saying look at the billions of dollars that you're spending giving these people x amount of dollars x amount of overtime to just hit people in the head when they just go out and protest a police killing mm-hmm. a kid that is the problem. And then you have them clocking out and retiring at the height of that overtime. And now they get paid that for the longevity of their life. And that pension is super fat because they got to knock around some kids or some overtime who are protesting them beating and killing other black and brown yeah. kids. And so that is a cycle that we need to break. We need more social services. We need more training as in we need a higher marker for who can become a yes. police officer. Because I'm going to tell you something. I have traveled this country performing at colleges for the past seven years. And there are a lot of schools in middle America where they the major is being a police mm-hmm. officer. And when I tell you some of these kids should not be police <laughs> officers, but that is what they're going to college for. That is problematic because you have these kids who lack social interaction who lack diversity as in their own, you know, homogenous environment, who want to be heroes, who want to be patriots. Mm-hmm. And they get to just pass themselves around from precinct to precinct, state to state. If they get reprimanded, they can go somewhere else because there's no national database to yeah. see who is a good which or is, bad cop. Which is like, why if these- you had like a different type of police force, you could mm-hmm. attract a whole different type of people. Like if there were a social service that worked in tandem with police but independently, I mean, I'm not getting into the weeds here, but you're like, you're going to attract people who don't just aren't just attracted to like violence. Let's be honest. And well, it's just like how you have beat cops and you have detectives. Exactly. Have beat cop detectives. Mental health like workers. Exactly. Yeah. No, and, and by the way, let's remember the like uh, the recruitment for cops right now is way down. They're having mm-hmm. such a hard time. So what happens? Do they try and attract people who have got a social service bent? Hell no. They're like, oh, you've got a couple of misdemeanors. That's fine. Oh, you've got a domestic violence charge. Oh, come on in. That's huge. Domestic violence is huge. Like that is an indicator right there of people who should not be held in charge because when they go to domestic violence situations, they are not there to protect the woman or the victim. They're there to kind of mute it and not do paperwork and Mm -hmm. say, y'all figure it. I'm going back to to get a, a coffee right. like we got to move on to and they're um, being investigated by the fbi one more thing yeah. this is the thing that drives me crazy the, the the number of investigations that are going on right now across the country in police um uh, uh departments over white supremacy is stark and biden knows that and he still says that so mm. True. I think we should just replace them all with women. What if what if fine, keep the funding. Let's just replace them with women. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's just try it. It'll be a social experiment. All right. Totally. We'll turn it into a Netflix show that we're going to talk about later. Exactly. Um, <laughs> one last quick story, uh, because I, I think this was an important one and a good one. Um, but this was the week where uh, the committee to protect miniature dicks, I mean, the GOP, continued its anti-trans legislation in states across the country. Iowa, Indiana have taken steps to ban trans girls from playing in girls' sports. And, of course, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas is asking people to report as child abuse any parent trying to help a trans kid get gender-affirming care. In fact, uh, the the Children's Hospital of Texas has banned all hormone therapies. Uh, But Texas... It isn't just taking it quietly, all right? So when another sad anti-trans crusader, his name is Jeff Younger, came to visit the University of North Texas, the students there had a fun little message for him. Take a look. Um, that the woman, the red hat at the end, like, oh my, we have a crisis in our hands here. I, I was hired for $10 an hour to be the comms director. I don't (laughs) want to deal with this one. (laughs) So this is them saying, fuck these fascists, which makes, again, my heart flutter and joy, but it actually is fairly reflective of the rest of the country. The anti-trans bullshit is actually very, very uh, limited to some of these like dudes in power, like DeSantis and like uh, Greg Abbott. So this is a poll from the from PBS. Do you support or oppose legislation that would prohibit gender transition related medical care for minors? Nationally, 66 percent are opposed to the idea that you would limit that kind of care. And only 20 percent are for it. Democrats, 26 percent and 69 percent. Republicans, 26 percent support it and 70 percent are against mm. the legislation that would prohibit. It's a little bit of a double negative, but, the, you know, that they, they don't want this, which is insane. So who the fuck is this for? Right? I think it, if you – I would love to look that over with Joe Rogan's podcast numbers because I feel <laughs> like they're the same. Yeah. No, no. That's absolutely true. Um, but he's just asking questions, you know. Um, yeah. No. It, he had Bernie on. It's exactly. Um so so there's that. And and the other thing about this guy, Younger, he's a fascinating guy. I just need to tell you about him a little bit. This guy himself is the father of twins. One is a trans kid, right? Um, and he, he's been locked in a custody battle with his ex-wife. And this is part of why he's now running for Texas uh, Senate. So this is the Dallas father... Uh, area fathers running for the Texas House of Representatives representatives uh, to outlaw sex reassignment surgeries for of children after losing a years long battle for custody of his nine year old twins, one of whom is a transgender girl. Jeffrey Younger of Flower Mound filed to run as a Republican in Texas House District 63 on November 23rd. He blames a pediatrician for incorrectly diagnosing his child who goes by Luna and claims the doctor, quote, planned to put him on chemical castration drugs when Luna turns nine. So now he says he plans to outlaw chemical castration of minors. This is, of course, in quotes, and block schools from enacting transgender transition without parental consent and reform juvenile justice laws. 
currently in the state. He is not. <laughs> this is a jury 11 to 1 decided to award his wife full custody of both kids. A judge overturned that initially, but then is reinstated. Anyway, his wife has full custody. A judge has said, however, he gets a say in whether or not his nine-year-old transgender daughter is allowed to take like uh, any kind of hormone therapies, which is insane. You're not going to like, he's not responsible enough to like have half joint custody, but he can, like, he's going to try and like dictate his daughter's identity. Fucking crazy. And it's still up to the parents. To, I mean, it's still his mother's decision. That, I mean, not his, but yeah, the kid's mother's yeah. decision, kid's mother's decision to, um, to decide whether or not that's like it, she's allowed to if she wants, but it doesn't mean that she has to. No one's mandating this. This isn't communist. Exactly. No, that's the other thing. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. No, but it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, what motivates them? And they're like, oh, you're just a raging misogynist, like transphobe who probably hates his ex-wife and was a terrible father. Like, like that sort of makes sense to me. But then the Greg Abbott stuff is like. You're just a villain. <laughs> like you're just mm-hmm. at least I know this dude's origin story. Like Greg Abbott's origin story is kind of a mystery to me. Um well let guys, let's move on to our final segment. I have uh we, we played this game once and I've loaded it with serious questions, but maybe we will just make it fun and light and whatevs. Um but let me let's go to our final segment of would you wouldn't you? A game everyone can play. I've got three questions. Let's do it. Would you, wouldn't you? Okay, my first question. And we can we can be quick, yes or no, because we got to get, I mean, or, you know, make, keep it short. <laughs> uh, I'm a great host. Everyone loves being on this show. Because, uh, um, so some vets, some Americans who are not vets, but some American veterans have decided that actually, unlike all the other crap wars they've been sent to fight for oil, um, this war in Ukraine that Russia's waging seems kind of like like there's a good side and there's a bad side. So there have been a number of veterans that have been like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go fight in that war. And a, a number of Americans who are like, I'm going. Would you, Chloe and Nomiki, ever go fight Russia in Ukraine? No. <laughs> Why not? If I was true. Oh, because it has nothing to do with me. This is not my problem. I'm a marginalized woman in America. I got enough things to worry about. I am not about to go over yonder to fight for people when people here that look like me can't get basic shit taken care of. (laughs) There we go. Nice and succinct. That's a no. No, me. Uh, if I was trained and like had some sort of special skill, because otherwise, like I would just be annoying and totally, and I would literally not help at all. <laughs> I'm much like, more effective. I'm tired. Doing this. No, it's true. If there was like a, I don't know, a special, I don't know, I don't, I'm bad. If I could help with the animals, like the rescuing of the animals with all the people, yeah. that'd be fun. I think that that'd be more my role is less the war and more the humanitarian side. That seems dope. That seems fulfilling and important. Um, but I, it is interesting. And it does break down around gender. Um, American men are would be more interested, I believe, or believe that we should get involved 
big fucking surprise, believes the United Ooh. States should be more involved more directly in that I war. I have an idea. What's up? I have an idea. All these guys who just want to go down to the border and use all their guns that the government's taking, great opportunity for you. Great opportunity. Go overseas. You've been – this is this is it. This is it. The real fight. The real fight's over there. But they are white, so that might be a problem. Uh, for for the racists who are at the border trying to chase, uh, you know, migrant mothers and their children. Um, but yeah, fucking go. We've got enough guns. Get get over there. I don't know. I, it's a it's for a longer discussion. But okay, number two, maybe more interesting. Would you ever? It okay. Let's say China. China comes, invades this country. It's not required that you pick up arms. You're not drafted. But are you fighting for this country? No, I'm protecting <laughs> my land. I'm protecting my space. That's it. Don't come on my front porch. Don't come to my front door. That's that's all I got for you. I'm not going out. I'm just protecting where I'm no, at. Me. I think they're way smarter than anything I could come up with. So I'm I'm right there with you, Chloe. I think like a lot of the the memes that we've been seeing, the the women who've they're protecting their land. They're not going out there and like right, you know, listening to generals. They're protecting their people. Right. So here's what I will say. Absolutely not. Absolutely. I will not pick up arms to defend this nation. And I'm sorry. You can call me a traitor. You can call me a not a patriot. Uh, I don't if China comes, I'll be like, oh, thank God you're here. Take the rain. <laughs> give us health care. OK, maybe I've lost my freedom of speech, but I really could use like a, like a copay free pap smear and like not have being gouged for a little bit like that'd be great. Um, so I'd be down for that. I honestly think the time I would pick up, this is going to sound really messed up, but the time I would pick up weapons is when fucking white supremacists try and take over this country again. That is the honest mm -hmm. truth. We have more to fear, sadly, from our fellow Americans right. who want to paint us as radical leftists because, uh, we want like socialized medicine and public transportation and to not be shot in the street by cops. You know what I mean? We have more to fear from them than we do from fucking any other foreign power. So sadly, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be, uh, picking up arms against a fellow Americans, you know, the civil war, I'm going to refight it, but, uh, you know, we'll win for a second time. Okay. I'm not going to get into that discussion, but thirdly, most importantly, actually, most importantly, um, would you become a contestant on Love is Blind? And should you find love, marry that person? Is that part of it? No, Miki, I know you watch. I watched as a, yeah, I got in late last night off of my flight and uh, uh, I watched it for four hours late at night. So I will say, um, no. No, you wouldn't do it. <laughs> I would never go on the show. I would never. I based on that timeline, get married, maybe ever get married. I just have a completely different ver like I, my private life is my private life. I don't want I don't want anyone in my life to know about my private life, let alone people, <laughs> you know, watching it. And like those dark moments. I mean, we all get nasty with our 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 you know, especially under the, the lights and the cameras and the editing and all oh, that. Oh, and the alcohol, because they are they have the all alcohol. yeah. And with all that, I actually thought it was going to be a lot worse. I thought that it was going to be like Trainwreck Express, but it was 
some, there was only a little bit of drama that was obviously coming from the Christian white lady. <laughs> um, spoiler alert. With the socialist construction worker who was like an atheist, was like, I'm still willing to welcome you. And she's like, I'm a Christian. I do not welcome you. I'm just giving you all away right now. But I have a lot of feelings about this. Um, but it'll basically ruin your love life afterwards, too. Mm. Like, you don't want to Google your name and be like, oh, not, no, don't want to She that broke the heart of a man that she never met really but yeah that's that's a, so no that would be a no even though you do consume and watch it chloe love is blind no um in my real life i make people sign ndas if i'm dating them <laughs> so i can never go on a reality show and i i implore all women especially all women like yourselves if you are a public figure you should absolutely make your partners or love interests if you're dating somebody sign oh an NDA. that's very good smart don't tell yeah. them about my arsenal since I've talked about the Civil War, <laughs> I have no arsenal. I have an arsenal of fucking face products and hair products. It's, <laughs> that is a, a Sephora arsenal. It's so sad. Um, I would never go on Love is Blind. Hell no. You have to see someone in person. There has to be some kind of chemistry. You're going to spend the rest of your life with this person, sleeping with that one person, allegedly? Um, like, No. <laughs> That is, you, I mean, look, I think it's great. I think it's cute to be like, oh my God, don't judge a book by its cover. But like at some point you need to, like, I need to see that cover, you know? I need to smell them too. I mean, they're, they're like trying to make this sound like some sort of sophisticated way of, 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 of falling for someone. But there's, there's a lot that comes from just smelling them and being around them and, you know, animal kind of instincts. Oh, true. That's very true. Um, my fiance doesn't really sweat uh, because he does. <laughs> so I'm just putting him on blast. He doesn't really give off pheromones because he's got quite a lot of eczema. So he's just a dry man, poor guy. So <laughs> he doesn't give a lot, but he gives off a lot of skin flakes, and those skin flakes are great. I love every single one of them. And on that disgusting, you must be in love, right? girl. <laughs> you got to shake your bed out every night before you go to sleep. That's love, Matt Lieb. I love you, babe. Um, sleeping in a bag of Tostitos every night, girl. That is love. <laughs> and that, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. You got my number. Um, Chloe Hilliard, where can people find you and your work? Absolutely. You can check me out. Uh, go to my website, chloehilliard.com. If you want to find my book or my podcast, Social Misfit, what comes out every Monday. Or you can follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, at Chloe underscore Hilliard. Oh my God, another Monday podcast. And you've taken your gracious Sunday for this show. Thank you so much. And we'll see you in the bonus, everybody. Um, take good care. Nomiki, how can people find you? Uh, you can find me at The Nomiki Show on all of the different places, YouTube, uh, Twitch, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, Instagram. And then um, go check out Matriarch if you don't know about it. Uh, Matriarch supports working class women running for office, and this is an election year. So if you know of anybody running or thinking of running, go sign them up. And if you want to give and support, that is definitely needed because we don't take oligarch money, which, you know, maybe we just start seizing the yachts. Why Seize is it the, the state yacht. has to do that? Seize the yachts. I would love to party on a Russian oligarch's yacht. That'd be so fucking fun. Without them there. Oh, of course, without them there. Oh, yeah. It'd be like a, a yacht party, but not rapey. Um, thank you so much, Nomi. I'll see you in the bonus episode. Patreon.com slash Bituation Room. We're talking about REI and their union. We'll talk about it very quick. But with these ladies, oh, my God, you never know. We're just going on and on. 
Uh, I love it. Uh, and thank you guys for being here. I want to read some of your comments because you guys are wonderful. First of all, Adam Hodges, thank you for your super sticker. Gary Cooper writing, let's just seize all the yachts and yet Somali and Afghan refugees live in them. Love it. B.O., thank you for your super sticker or super chat. I guess I'll now bump Elon to number two and claim world's smartest man status, even though I know going earlier slash later is a great way to beat traffic. <laughs> yeah. Leave earlier. Genius. Andrew Martin, what's up? Thank you so much. Uh, writing phone bank for Jessica Cisneros. You can donate. And also if you can. Um, yeah, I love phone banking. I like I said, you just you just kind of like find a phone game and you, it, you know, they make it very easy the days. There's no rotary crap. Uh, super easy to phone bank. Um, Dr. Shanda. Oh, my God. Three of my favorite people on the planet. Thank you, Dr. Shanda, for watching. And, of course, we've got enough, some more love for Nomiki. La Dragon de Jardin. I love Nomiki. Um, let's see. Wigwith with some truths. This is a level of access to war we've never seen before. It's scary how real it is seeing it all on social media. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, Bailey Lyle. Also with some love. Three of my favorite female role models on a show together. Yes. Um, and Trevor Pinnicky, um, obviously Trump should become a staff writer for The Onion with things like that. Just put a, a, a Chinese flag. It's a moon and two stars. Or is it three? Um, it's just him like coloring it in. Pamela Jones. Um, yeah. On the State of the Union, no mention of canceling student debt figures. Stoneflower Dragon, thank you so much for your super chat. Putin is a freaking monster who can't wait to dance through the ashes of civilization. The guy's gone crazy. He's gone COVID mad. He really has. It's just maybe he should get COVID. Like, I don't think anyone should get COVID, but Putin should definitely get COVID at this point. Um, Trevor Pinnicky also saying that Biden's just reading off a list of things that he would that people would clap for, but he will never fight for. Ugh, that's too real. Uh, and Dragon Muffin, thank you for the super chat. Um, normalized audio saying China, the Chinese will force us to take care of our parents. Oh, amen. My mom will not let me forget about that. And germ says with all my Sephora arsenal, I could burn the world down. Yeah. Except for it's all green. No, it's not. It's totally bad for my body and it's not green. And thank you guys for sticking around for being here. And of course, as always, for everyone who donates, for everyone who is a patron at 10 bucks or more. And again, I'm going to do AMAs for people who are top tier patrons. I'm going to restart them. Do not fret. Do not worry. And I'd like to do birthday shout outs. So if you're a, a patron of 10 bucks or more, let me know when your birthday is. I might, I'll hit you guys up for your birthday, but I'd love to shout y'all out because, you know, it is no small feat to su support this show at that level. And I sincerely appreciate it. And with that, this is the fart song. Thank you so much to Angela R. Colwyn Green and Jeff Lampers for upping your pledge. These are all my new patrons at 10 bucks or more. Thank you to the big tippers, Joseph L. and Karen K. Karen, you're so sweet. It's good to see you. Thank you. Thank you to the Twitch subs, Holly Beer Dragon, Holy Beer Dragon, Chris Huggy, Depressed Progressive, Danielle Labica, K. Kashmir, Arlan 2, Calm Like a Bomb, Luminous Dark One, Hangry Gen Xer, Frank Morning Tree, uh, and Jacoby 311 giving out five community subs, and Holy Beer Dragon giving out five community subs. You guys, that means so much to me. 
Thank you so much for everyone who supported the show. And of course, people who work on the show, Paige O'Mac, Maximilian Inhoff, Alexander Ornes. We stream every Sunday, 5, 8 Eastern, and we are streaming on Thursday at the goddamn Bell House in Brooklyn with Tiffany Caban, Sam Cedar, Matt Lieb. Get your tickets, bituationroom.com. Tell your friends, stream it live. It's 10 bucks for a virtual ticket. Um, and follow the show on Twitter at bituationpod, on TikTok and Instagram at FrannyFio. And remember, y'all, Fight the power, fuck the patriarchy, and don't just bitch about it, be about it. Goodbye.